your cake online. What is up, Cake Nation? And welcome back to the Chemistry Cake Online Podcast, where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online, and today airs our third episode in our Biochem Chem Bio series. On our previous episodes, we had Heather Masson Forsyth chat with us about the LC8 protein, and Kayla Wilson chat with us about isoprenoids derived from sea sponges. Today's sweet guest received his bachelor's degree in chemistry at Universidad Autónoma del Estado de México and is currently working toward his PhD in chemistry at Emory University. I also heard from a little birdie that he is also an incredible science communicator. So folks, would you help me in giving a warm welcome to today's sweet guest, uh, Misael Romero Reyes. Misael, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? No, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me in your program. It's really cool to be here. I am so excited to have you. Um, and actually, before we dive right into your science, I did I did want to ask you about something that uh, you have mentioned prior, and that was your favorite molecule which is formaldehyde. Uh, could you Ooh, yeah. say more words about that? Like, why is formaldehyde your favorite <laughs> molecule? So it's, it's a really funny story, actually. So when I, when I moved to, actually, first, I started grad school in the University of Utah. That's where I met uh, my current advisor, Jen Heemstra, and then we moved to Emory. But anyway, for our teach, so we never taught, right? Like back in undergrad, and we always had this seminar where we used to, we where we just ha- had to teach something to someone uh, before, like starting TAing. It, it was like your preparation, so you can start TAing. So basically, you had to present something, and what we did in the chemistry department was present molecules. So. When I got my molecule, I, w- I got formaldehyde. So I was like, hmm, interesting. So I started researching a lot about formaldehyde. And since then, it, it was like between my friends, I was like, oh, yeah, formaldehyde this, formaldehyde that, formaldehyde, formaldehyde. And since then, every single time, I'm just like, formaldehyde everything. So I really like it. I learned a lot about it. And I was able to teach it like in like one slide. So ask me about formaldehyde, anyone, if you ever see me. <laughs> I, I would love to know about formaldehyde. What does it do? Well, formaldehyde is a contaminant uh, on our environment. I learned recently, actually, that it's used in, in like glue for carpeting in houses. Oh. So it causes a lot of diseases. And it's also used a lot in organic chemistry to make, you know, these molecules and synthesis and all these things. So it has a lot of uses, but yeah. I so I didn't know about formaldehyde being a component in carpet adhesives, uh, but I did know about formaldehyde being used in synthesis because I had to use it at, at one point. Um, oh. But I also I think was at least from my knowledge, formaldehyde was used to preserve cadavers, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be wrong. Someone can check me on that. Um, but that's super cool. That's super sweet. Now that you say that, actually, I also use formaldehyde. And yes, you're right about the cadavers. And I kind of tried doing my own experiment. Um, So it was, it's really interesting because one day a ladybug just died on my desk uh, back in Utah. 
So I was so sad and I was like, it has to have a proper funeral. So I actually put it on a, on a vial and I added formaldehyde to it and okay. it's still preserved. Like wow. they even shipped them, shipped it to, from Utah here. And I have Pablo, I called it. So oh. I have Pablo on my desk in formaldehyde. Now that you say that, I remember it clicked. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's, I wonder how that chemistry <laughs> works. I'll have to yeah, look into that. That I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of chemistry, uh, let's talk about yours. You work with aptamers. What yes. on earth are aptamers? <laughs> so basically, aptamers are synthetic uh, single-stranded DNA that when they come in presence with a target, they bind to it really, really tightly using non-specific covalent forces, right? Mm -hmm. So when they bind to it really, really tightly, they don't let go. So I use that actually in water purification. So I use aptamers and I couple them to membranes that are commonly used for water purification. And that way we can have a dual water purification system that the membrane will remove like big contaminants and mm -hmm. the aptamers will remove the really tiny molecules that can go through the membrane. Yeah, so, it's really so exciting. So by, oh, that sounds really exciting. <laughs> um, I actually, th I think water purification is like incredible. Um, the, the material that I work with, uh, polydopamine, one of its projected applications is water purification. So I wanted to ask, when you say like big molecules and tiny molecules, are we talking specifically organic contaminants or are we also talking about metals? Like what kind of contaminants are we talking about? So aptamers are mainly used, yeah, for small molecule, like basically organic contaminants, mm -hmm. but really tiny and also toxins. So usually, you know, membranes will remove bacteria and viruses mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. but bacteria secrete, right? Toxins, mm -hmm. really tiny toxins that go through the membrane, contaminating the water. So mm -hmm. aptamers can serve for, for those purposes too, like toxins, uh, organic, big and small organics and stuff like that. Just like whenever, whenever the contaminant is bigger than the pore size of the membrane, then we can, you know, uh, engineer an aptamer for whatever that molecule is. So that, that's another applicability of it. We can use, we can create any aptamer for almost any molecule. So that's why um, it was really interesting that we are able to couple it to membranes. That's so cool. I just like, I just think that coupling anything to another thing is so wild. Uh, <laughs> I just love that idea. I, I remember like one idea that I had as an undergrad was like, oh, I really want to work with antibodies and I want to tag or couple it with a magnetic and magnetically active tag. And that was just like a, that was just a, uh, <laughs> an idea that I had. And I was like, I don't even know how feasible that would be, but that was just like, I'm going to like throw that onto the ideas that I have and we'll flesh out <laughs> later. Um, but that's super cool. So this has like a lot of engineering and design components to it. And so I have a few follow-up questions. The first one is with regard to water purification, is this specifically for like drinking water or um, like large bodies of water? Or is this for biomedical purposes? And is this scalable? And then I guess my third, so well, I'll, I'll say my questions and then I'll like recap them yeah. later. And then my third question is like, how much of the engineering and design did you get to be involved with? So the first one is um, more about 
so let's 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 hit on the first question which is uh water purification like what specifically so so when we started uh talking about like in water purification we envision like point of use systems so i don't know if you have heard about uh life straw is this mm -hmm. um oh yeah yeah when you go on I a have hike one. or something oh you uh -huh, do have uh -huh. one i have one i have too. one yeah i need to research on it but yeah anyway so i you, you take it on hikes and stuff like that and then you see a body of water and you're like oh i'm gonna drink what i'm gonna drink water from the body of water and i'm gonna make sure it's purified by the life straw uh although those um those type of membranes are able to remove bacteria and viruses we we're concerned about like tiny molecules that are present on either the lakes, rivers, and reservoirs. So yeah, at the beginning, we wanted to create this point of use uh, purification system for water. And mm -hmm. that is where we decided to go with ultrafiltration membranes. That's where our idea went. Like, so obviously, as you, as you think about membranes, the, the, when they decrease pore size, like when, they, the, when the pore size are really, really tiny, obviously, the more things they're going to remove. But at the same time, they're more costly. And we wanted to find the best balance of that, like ones with bigger pores that are able to remove bacteria and viruses, but not all, mole not all molecules. And that's where we add aptamers to it. And the best yeah. thing about adding aptamers to it is that, you know, you, they, they, are, they can be denatured. So that means like with changes of pH or temperature, they kind of release the molecule and they come back uh, to their secondary structure and they can do this activity over and over again. So... That means like we not only can purify the water once, but we can do it through multiple cycles. So that was really exciting. That's so yeah. cool. That's yeah. like, like the way, uh, obviously it's not a catalyst, but it kind of, it kind of like, <laughs> it was very catalyst-esque, if you know what I mean. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Just being able to, that blows my mind. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay so so is this is this scalable yeah i mean right now obviously since we're doing it in the lab we're working with like small membranes but the mm -hmm. the, the truth of the fact is that we're attaching uh carboxylic acids to it right and mm -hmm. uh, that's how i link my my dna to the membrane right mm -hmm. and the amount of carboxylic acids added to the membrane are so many and depending mm -hmm. on the size of the membrane is the amount of carboxylic acid. So I can give you like a bigger sheet of membrane with a lot of carboxylic acids, then that means that a lot of DNA can combine to it. So yeah, I mean, we have tried it. We first did it on a small scale. Right now we're at a membrane of 13.5 uh, centimeters in diameter. In diameter. So wow. yeah, they, they can get uh, pretty big. And I'm sure if we do it in a bigger, like it still works the same way. Yeah. That's incredible. Holy cannolis. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So that was, that was the, okay. Uh, do I remember what my last question was? Involvement on engineering. Oh yeah. Involvement in engineering. Yeah. Like, so how, how involved were you in like the design and engineering of this project? Like, so, so I imagine you are coordinating your aptamers to the membrane. So yeah, when I joined the lab, this project just got funded, right? And Jen mm -hmm. was like, okay, here is a proposal. You decide where you take it. Um, well, you gotta learn how to do membranes um, and you're gonna be the only one in the lab that knows how to do membranes. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, that's 
that's cool. I, I'm I'm up for the challenge. So yeah, I mean, it's so cool how to how how to see like the whole process form. Like, I start with a polymer. Like I start with a bottle of mm-hmm. chemical, and mm-hmm. then I make it into this circular membrane and then I started doing reactions on it and then I get to see the application of actually removing a small molecule so you started like literally from nothing to you know doing like every single step and I think so that 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 was like really cool and amazing and and Jim was like you get to drive your project you decide you know what polymers to use like obviously after you know some scientific literature reading and all of those things but you you decide where you want to move it and mm-hmm. it, the kind of ownership that was given to me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to couple this, couple that. Like, also, like, looking for aptamers was, like, really interesting because we were thinking about a molecule that was relevant and that also had an aptamer uh, engineer or aptamer selected for. So that's where we came across BPA, you know, BPA mm-hmm. everywhere. It's, mm-hmm, contam- mm-hmm. it's a contaminant. So um, that's where we got this idea of, our initial proof of concept to be removing BPA from water. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, all those decisions were like, I mean, I'm proud that I was like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> and and for the listeners at home, uh, Ms. Ayok, would you, would you mind explaining what BPA is? Oh yeah, sorry. BPA is bisphenol A, um, mm-hmm. is this contaminant found. It's usually found near factories that generate plastics because BPA mm-hmm. was found in plastics. I, I think now there's a policy that BPA cannot be in yeah. plastics and stuff like mm-hmm. that because it, it was found that it was leaching off plastics mm-hmm. and you know near the factories like near the factories that produce uh, plastics that a lot of BPA is um, found so yeah, yeah. it's about also <laughs> yeah um, to the folks listening at home um, just in case you're not as mind blown as I am. Uh, I'm just going to spell this out for you. What Misael is what had done with his project with regard to like design. So from what I'm hearing is there was a proposal that mm-hmm. Jen Heemster wrote and you took this proposal and you're like, all right, I'm going to decide which direction I decided to take it. So, so there, there's a lot of involvement with, with design of, of this project, optimization of uh, creating the membrane and then optimization of reactions of the aptamers to the membrane. Uh, and then I would imagine characterization methods to make sure that the membrane is the membrane and that the aptamers are on the membrane. Uh, and then um, application experiments to see if it's actually doing what it's supposed to do. That is incredible. folks. <laughs> That's a lot yeah. <laughs> of, of experimentation. Um, and I'm just mind blown. Uh, because that's like, that's like the whole process. I feel like after that, it's now just, okay, how do we do this on an industrial scale? Um, which is like, that, that's phenomenal, Missile. That's like, so, that's so cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. I have two questions, uh, cause I want to talk more about the chemistry. One what is the membrane made out of? And two, is there any specific sequence of aptamer that you use or is it nonspecific? Uh, yeah, so the first question, the membrane is made out of a hydrophobic polymer, a PES. Mm-hmm. Okay. And 
yeah, for the sequence, I use uh, I use a specific antisense aptamer for BPA, which has has been selected before. It's a fourteen base aptamer mm -hmm. uh, selected before that is known to bind just to BPA and it's just specific to BPA. So when it comes in contact, it will grab BPA. And I actually did an experiment where I tried other molecules, and yeah, I mean it doesn't touch other molecules, it only touches BPA. So it's the specificity of aptamers is so amazing. That's so cool. So I guess my, my next question then is you had mentioned that this aptamer sequence is specific mm -hmm. to BPA, and you had also mentioned that it can cycle through several times. So what happens, what happens to the BPA? Is it like the BPA binds to these aptamers and then like the aftermer with the BPA falls off or like what's going on there? Yeah, no. So, so when, when I mean by denaturing is like, so the aftermer is covalently bound to the membrane, right? Through this right. polymethacrylic acid chains. And when we put, uh, in this case, in my case, I, I did hot water, it would release the molecule. So basically the hot water that you treat it with, all the BPA goes there and mm -hmm. the membrane becomes functional for more BPA. But that, yeah, then you have the problem of like, okay, what do I do with this water with BPA? Because, you know, mm. BPA doesn't get degraded, but actually my, what I'm working on right now will solve that problem. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. so we gonna stay tuned. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. So exciting. Let me know when that paper comes out. Yeah. <laughs> that's so yeah. exciting. Wow, that's so cool. Ah, <laughs> I, I, okay, folks at home, if you're wondering why I'm like losing my mind regarding this, um, one of my passions, I have a lot of passions. I think everyone knows this, but one of my passions is sustainability and green chemistry, right? And so you can imagine my excitement when, like, just my own project, I realized one of the projected, uh, the projected. Um, applications was water purification, um, especially considering that like one of my concerns is is chemical waste in and wastewater. Um, and it's like, well, you know, while we are surrounded by a lot of water, of only a small portion of that is drinkable. Um, and so it's really important to be able to preserve this resource. Uh, and so like just hearing this makes me so happy <laughs> and like just like thinking like oh gosh it's so cool holy cannolis that is such a i can't i mean like i know you're excited but i want to be excited with you like i hope that my excitement is getting you excited about oh, your own yeah. chemistry <laughs> that's so yeah, cool wow i have I have no words. Honestly, that was, that was, I'm still mind blown. Wow. So you're using DNA and a polymer. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Polymers are cool. I, side note folks, polymers are very cool. I, I, I work with a polymer, um, but we, we oh. use metals in this polymer. Um, yeah, you, we can functionalize the surface as well uh, with other things like um, perfluorinated compounds to make it hydrophobic. Um, but that's beside the point. Just saying that polymers are cool, and they that when you add things to, just like coupling things, like it's so fun, so yeah. fun. 
I okay. So I guess now my question is, um, could you tell me more about the mechanism by which the aptamer is covalently bonded to your polymer? Yeah. You had mentioned something about carboxylic acids. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit more. So, so the polymer itself has, um, so it has aromatic, uh, aromatic groups. So mm -hmm. that's where we actually radica radically initiate uh, the polymer so that then we can add methacrylic acid and it can form this polymethacrylic acid chain. So imagine like, okay, so you have the surface of the membrane with aromatic mm -hmm. groups, and then you add a radical initiator, which gener generates a bunch of radicals on the surface of this membrane. And then mm -hmm. you just add a monomer, well, a bunch of monomers of methacrylic acid. And this start the, you know, the radical initiation process, and it starts forming these chains, chains, and chains of polymethacrylic acid. And all of those have carboxylic acids at the end, right? Mm -hmm. And this polymethacrylic acid, is the perfect point of attachment for a then coming an amino modified aptamer and forming mm -hmm. an amide bond. So basically, what we do is we have an amino aptamer and a carboxylic acid, and so and we form like an amide bond, peptide bond, if you call it. Yeah. So it's That's really, so... yeah. I so I just want to make sure that I am clear with just like the formation of the polymer. Are you forming the polymer membrane before it is functionalized with this methacrylic mm -hmm. acid and so it's like you're functionalizing the surface or is it being incorporated into the polymer yeah like tried... within within the structure no we we tried both first we tried uh before forming the membrane trying to it, this process is called grafting we tried grafting the membrane so this means mm -hmm. adding the carboxylic acids uh, we've tried grafting the membrane before we formed the membrane but we found out that it's better uh it gives us better surface area if we actually create the membrane first and then mm. we add this carboxylic acid chain so that's the that's way i do it i first form the membrane then i add the uh, polymethacrylic acids and finally i add the aptamer yeah that's so... like a three-step process <laughs> wow folks i i just i personally think i think one of my favorite things about science and especially research um, and particularly pro uh, projects that, like, you could take it anywhere you wanted, is the process of designing um, your experiments, right? I know that for some folks, it might be a bit frustrating. I personally think it's, like, so fun because it's like, oh, this is an adventure. I can do anything. Like, I can take this anywhere. It's like kind of like throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks and then taking that one noodle that sticks and then running with it, which I, I just love that idea. I think that's one of the aspects of, of research that I absolutely love. Um, uh, okay. Well, Misail, thank you so much for explaining to me your chemistry. That's so cool. Um, it, it does appear that we are about near the end of our conversation but i do have one last question for you which is obviously the most important question of this entire conversation um are you ready for it i'm ready okay what is your favorite cake flavor and why um i would say well it's a type of cake and then i'll go into the flavor so when i came to the u.s i've never had ice cream cake which was like a marvelous experience like combined cake and combine ice cream in one that was oh, yeah. amazing 
and the one the one I really like is marble uh, with ice cream with uh, vanilla cake. So it will be a marble cake with ice cream on the bottom and stuff like that. It's really cool, really tasty. Really Mar like okay, marble cake on its own is incredible. <laughs> marble cake with ice cream just sounds like a whole next level experience, which I've never had, and I'm going to need to have at some point in my life because uh, that sounds phenomenal. Um, that's so great. What, why is it your favorite cake, though? Is it just because it tastes good? It tasted great, but just you, the combination of these two things that I love is what made it mm -hmm. for me. Before that, if Got you it. would ask me before coming to grad school, I would say tres leches cake because you know, of course, Mexican. Tres leches is amazing. I I think but, whose favorite cake was tres leches? Uh, there was another guest on the show whose favorite cake was tres leches, and I'm not sure if it was Dr. Aaron Hancock. I'll have to I'll have to listen back, but I did have another guest that that really loved that cake, so I'll have to check back. But oh, that was such a sweet answer, Miss um, Ayal. Thank you so much for joining me to chat about your chemistry today. This was so fun and incredibly informative, and like so cool. Um, I definitely had a grand time. Uh, to the listeners at home, thank you for joining in on our discussion. Uh, we hope you're able to learn something new today, and I hope that you're as mind-blown as I am. Um, if you would like to follow the many engineering meets chemically biological adventures of Misao, you are welcome to follow him on Twitter at Romero underscore Reyes underscore M, which will be linked in the description of this episode. And of course, folks, you are always welcome to hop aboard the hype train. Choo-choo! So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ChemistryCake. That is all we've got for you today, folks. Uh, this is your friendly reminder to stay hydrated, to keep the hype alive, and to edify our village. Thanks for tuning in, Cake Nation. This is Chemistry Cake, signing off. Mm.